Welcome back to the Lost of Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, Leland, here with Elizabeth. Hi, everybody. Uh, it has been a fun-filled week. We're just coming off of Free Comic Book Day. Yes, indeed. The big Nerdist fear-free thing. Yeah. Uh, Civil bigger. Wars come out. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That really was last week, wasn't it? I know. It's weird, right? Oh, it's a lot going on in a very short space of time. And yeah. it was May the 4th be with you. Yes. And Cinco de Mayo, that fake yes. holiday that... Only white people care yeah, about. That's fine. That's fine. It, I don't get it. Cinco de Mayo? I don't get it. It's like St. Patrick's Day. It has lost any cultural significance. Okay. It's just an excuse to Because one it. of my good friends is like full-blooded Mexican, and, and, and she was like, we don't celebrate it. No. And I was like, that's fair. Yes. <laughs> perfectly all Yeah, right. you hear all the, oh, we're going to have a Cinco de Drinco party. Yes. And you're not the first person to come up with yeah, that I know. Name. I know okay. you think you're clever, yeah. but you're not. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Well, no, the best... Ever. Did you ever see that? Uh, it was from late '80s, early '90s movie with uh, Cheech Martin in it. It was um, called Born in East LA. Oh, I've seen pieces of it. Yeah. Uh, very funny, yeah. dated but funny. But when they illegally cross the border through the sewers and they come up in the middle of the Cinco de Mayo parade, oh, wow. and like, and he pulls out all these you know illegal Mexicans because they're coming across the border. That's kind of the plot. And sure. he, and he goes, "Oh, I forgot it's a Cinco de Mayo parade." And she goes, "What Cinco de Mayo?" He goes, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> but they have a parade. I was like, that's fair. That is really fair. That really, really pretty is. much sums up Cinco de Mayo yeah. in Southern California. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. and it's fine. I like, I like me some tacos. Yeah, sure. I do like that you did, you really kind of regulated it down to it's like St. Patrick's Day. Because that's, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot of people. I, I have several Irish friends and they'll tell you the same thing. They're like, nah, it doesn't really. It's, you know, it's yeah. fine. There it's was like, actually a cultural thing, but now it's not. Kind of like if you ever went to Australia, I'm pretty sure they're not all drinking Foster's. No, I think they drink better beer than that. Yeah, yeah. Sure they do. <laughs> I remember it was a Joel McHale once went on tour in Australia, and what part of his shtick for his stand-up was that he brought along the Outback Steakhouse menu. Oh wow! And just read it to the Australian people, and they were just dying because it's just so insensitively racially it's, it's oh, yeah. inappropriate. You know? it, it's funny that you had mentioned beer because uh, Monty Python in one of their like their live shows at uh-huh. one point, and it wasn't John Cleese. I can't remember which one it was, but he was up there being an Australian, and he had that great line. He's talking about, "Oh, you Americans and your beer. We call American beer making love in a canoe." Yeah, fucking close to water. Yes. Like, it's yeah, like, it's probably fair. <laughs> it really is. No, okay. but I like the outback. I do like the outback, <laughs> and I do like the tacos. And I have a friend who has uh, a Chinese friend who points out like American Chinese food, like orange chicken, and they're like, oh, God, "What yeah. is that? That orange glowy stuff all over it?" I'm like, "I don't know, but it's delicious." Yeah, it is fair. <laughs> yeah, it is like I. Yeah, I've known people that have gone to like China or Japan. You know, Asia continent, yes. and they come back and they're they're showing me pictures, and I'm like, "What are you eating?" And they're like, "Oh, well, this is um uh, chicken foot," and I'm like, "Ah, that's that's, that's exactly, not a thing here." No, no, and that's uh, the only time I've ever really been out of the country. I actually went to China, and yeah, we had a it was like a kung pao chicken. It was delicious, but it was garnished with the fried chicken feet on. Yeah, top, you know? you're like, that's a foot. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I need to eat the foot. There wasn't a lot of meat on it, so it was mostly <laughs> breading, honestly. I mean, look at a chicken foot. Is there much you can eat? Not really. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that those are our random thoughts uh, about uh, Lost in Sci-Fi. Culturally uh, significant, insignificantly cultural. Holidays. Sure. <laughs> uh, we're just going to go to the Cosmic Selection for this episode, because, you know, why not? Yes. And uh, Elizabeth will do that today. I certainly will. Do you have your little letter open? I do. Oh, Ta-da. good. Yay, good. Oh, did you just take off the top? Yeah, oh. I did. 
Sure. I figured, you know. Went in Rome. Yeah. Because I saw you shuffle them. That's fine. That's true. Yeah. I did do attempt to do some sort of work. Rustling paper noises. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. I think we can actually spin this into a discussion about related things. Sure. Soylent Green. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's only a matter of time. Yeah, no, it really is. I, <laughs> I mean, think I've said all we need to say. It's really, I mean, honestly, whether or not we ever get like a superfood that's made out of actual people, I don't know, but you know. Ooh. Have you ever seen the movie or the book? Yeah, yeah a long time ago. I've, right. seen, I've never read the book, but I've seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 as well, a long time ago. It, like, it's not like there's a lot of rewatch value to that movie. Only it is, it's funny because it came out. Not at the same time as Star Wars, but it, a similar time period. Okay, so like late seventies cinema kind of a situation. Kind of think so, but it was my dad who pointed out the fact that George Lucas made sure that in Star Wars, for all that they had, you know, interesting costumes and whatever, he kept a lot of the fashion elements kind of muted because he wanted to make sure that you could watch it years from now and not be like struck by the fact that the clothes are so different. Okay. Now, Soylent Green didn't do that. I well, mean, okay. you look, there are some gorgeous 70s outfits there. I mean, they're beautiful, but they do kind of yank you out of the movie when you're watching it. I uh, yeah, uh, we're going to take a tangent real right off the top. Go tangent, for it. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. What is your favorite time period of clothing? I kind of dig the 70s clothes. I do kind of dig the 70s they're, they're clothes. They're kind of, they're fun. Yeah. It was almost kind of, the era was kind of like, look, we know we're just coming out of such and such war. Yeah. We're kind of still in one. Yeah. The political climate isn't so great right now. Right. But music and movies are really awesome. It's true. So we're just going to have kind of funky kind of attire to go with it. Exactly. Like, you know, I kind of felt like everyone kind of looked like that. It's true because... You know, they always, like, the years that you were in high school tended to, like, define, like, what type of person you are a lot of ways. And I was in high school in the 80s, so, you know, there's a lot of... But I look back at a lot of the 80s stuff, and there's a fun element to 80s clothing, but because it was definitely, like, kind of the me generation and everything, there's a douchebag quality to a lot of 80s clothes, I think. Uh, I, I was in... Grade school in the 80s and the late 80s, early 90s was my high school. So yeah. I was very heavily involved in the plaid movement. Ah, yeah, the grunge <laughs> element going. Yes. Which I don't have a problem with that. I actually kind of, I thought it was, rela- after all the, like, the really out there stuff of the 80s, I kind of yeah, like the Yeah, it was kind of a revolt, like, oh, you thought you looked special. Well, here now we don't give a shit. Yeah, and that's when yeah. I was in college. So, And I was in college up in the mountains of North Carolina. So there, oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, all yeah. over the place. But the 70s, like... I look back at the 60s clothes and it sometimes seems a little like kind of flighty. 60s know? is very posh, like very like we're coming out of the 50s which is very like high and tight. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the 60s we got a little bit of movement of like cool. Yeah. So it's kind of like high and tight meets cool yeah. in a nice way. Yeah, but then you get like the hippie element in there too. Oh yeah, yeah. those are awful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then the 70s, like, took elements of, like, the hippie stuff with, like, the bell bottoms, you know, it was very big, and the big collars and everything, but they made it more, I don't know, like, trendy and... Functional. Yeah, exactly. I do, I do like, yeah, I like a lot of, I think you're right, I like a lot of those clothes. I've never been to a 70s party, I've been to, like, a couple 80s parties, and I went to a 60s party at one point. A 70s party would be really fun. I'd like to do a 70s party. I, I Now, because we're old enough, the, the new thing is the 90s party. Wow, that's so weird. Because I'm just Because like, I lived it, so I'm like, well, that's not that very exciting. Exactly. I mean, At least I was, the 80s, like you can you can dress up as someone from the 80s. Right. You're like, I'm going to wear 
I don't know, the the Michael Jackson thriller jacket, yeah, you know. Yeah, a lot of people most likely have everyday clothes in their closet they could wear to a 90s party. Yeah. But you would have to get something special for a 70s party. Uh, and I'm just as, I love the 50s and 40s as well. What, something about the 40s is... The, what about uh, beatnik clothing? That's like early I, I, 60s? I dig it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, My, there's some kind of relaxed but very... yeah. Like, I'm better than you quality about oh, it. absolutely. Yeah, there's a real smell. Like, I always asked my parents when we were growing up, we were like, oh, were you hippies when you were growing up? They always said they were too old to be hippies. They said they were beatniks. Right. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So, well, that's uh, right on. Yeah. Yeah, but in, in, the beatnik, in, you always come into vision, though, as the black turtleneck, yes. skinny black, you know, in the, like... I don't know what that hat is called, but like a, that, a beret. That, kind of, oh, yeah. sure, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a raspberry one, but like, you know, a black, and they kind of have like the very French looking. Yes. And they, and they, yes. they like under a spotlight, and they're just kind of like, yeah. Exactly. You know, that's, exactly. That's what I envision. I'm pretty sure, yes, someone has dressed like that. I'm sure that was but a I, thing. I, but I feel the stereotype is worse than probably what it was. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But we live the 80s and the 90s. The stereotypes are dead on. Uh, absolutely. And they're probably. Not as bad as what really happened. I could flip through my yearbook and show you some pictures. I yeah. mean, I see my hair is like, look right now. The reason why I wear it so straight is because I got really fine hair and it doesn't doesn't do a lot. I was so envious of some of the girls in high school who could do those hair claws. <laughs> the bangs, like, <laughs> yeah, rawr, right. you know? It's just yeah, awesome. the, the amount of hairspray also. Oh, Aquanet. Man. Yeah. But I get a kick out of watching movies from the 70s. Where you, you like Soylent Green or um, French Connection. Mm-hmm. Hell, even The Godfather. Like, you yeah. watch it and you're like, wow, this is a really dated movie. But it's good. It does And forget. because that, is, not that I can compare Soylent Green to The French Connection to The Godfather. <laughs> but I'm going with movies where costuming is clearly going to pull you out. Yes. Because uh, there's no comparison with those three <laughs> movies <laughs> whatsoever. I'm sure there's many comparisons <clears throat> you can make. Maybe not on quality <laughs> they were, they levels. They all had but, you know, They did. <laughs> and there was a director around there someplace. Uh, Soylent Green was always, yeah, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I am more, as time has gone by, I am now more familiar with the jokes Mm. Of Soylent Green than the actual product. Product's a bad choice of words. But the idea of it itself, because like um, one of my favorite things they did was the Thanksgiving episode of South Park. Yes. Which was a giant Soylent Green ripoff. Yes. Where the turkey went into the theater and was looking at the beautiful things and that razor blades come out and just kill all the turkeys. Yes. Uh, You know, that to me is more funny than the actual Soylent Green. But it's also one of those things, seeing that, as a like someone in their twenties and go like oh I get what you did <laughs> you like, feel clever just yeah, knowing it because yeah. not everyone in my generation or probably your generation was sci-fi appropriate or even bothered to know what Soylent Green was they heard yeah. it and were just like oh is, is that a thing and then yeah. they're like you're these people and they go I don't understand I don't understand yeah no I actually yeah. years before I even saw the movie I knew that Soylent Green was people and I want to say that that wasn't. That wasn't like the final revelation of the movie, was it? No, I don't believe it. Now that I now you say that, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Yeah. But that is the most important revelation of the movie, yeah. and that's yeah. the one that stuck with you because I'm pretty sure if that hmm, I'm trying to think how to say this in the at, at that time period when it was written and when it when the movie was made, we didn't have every book, every comic, every TV show where someone has probably eaten someone as a normal thing. Yeah. Like I can like I've been watching Criminal Minds and CSI for years. Yes. I'm pretty sure once a season someone eats someone. Yeah. So 
also I'm a huge fan of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. So cannibalism, high on my list of things that has happened in my lifetime as far as things I have seen and read. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure in 1975, not so much. No, you no, know? because really Silence of the Lambs, I think, was responsible for really bringing it into the popular culture. You yes. Know? It had been, I'm sure it had been done before, but yeah, yeah you know. And then, I mean, there was, was it the... Um, when was Jeffrey Dahmer? Early 80s. Okay, all right. Yeah. That was, yeah. And then, and he again, first time, yeah. you know, that brought to the public eye, like, hey, here's a mass murdering psycho fuckhead yes. who's also doing some very shady shit on the side, <laughs> but, you know, also eating people. Yeah, and you're just right, kind of right. like, dear Lord. God. You know. Um, Did you ever see that movie? Which one? With Jeremy Renner. Oh, yeah, I've seen the Jeremy Renner My movie. God, that actually <laughs> made me like Jeremy Renner just a little less. Which is somewhere. weird, because you're watching, you're just like... Huh. Yeah. So that's Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's eating people. Cool. I couldn't get a hold of a copy of Hurt Locker one night. I'm like, oh, I watched Jeffrey Dahmer. It's the same movie. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm dead on. Sure. Yeah, and and you know me, and uh, some and people who who have known me know that I slightly obsessed with the silence of the lambs like i love it i it's probably one of my favorite movies did you hear the hollywood that where they show the movies in the hollywood cemetery oh i've been to one of those they're neat yeah next week when i have family in town they're uh, doing silence of the lambs how exciting i know i want to go see <laughs> that was silence of the lambs in a cemetery awesome <laughs> like that's odd choice actually yes. well, I, don't I mean know. it is and it isn't yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i i love silence of the lambs it has nothing to do with science fiction um but i yeah I thought the Hannibal TV show was probably one of the most beautiful shows in the world. Catherine's watching yeah. it right now. She's really impressed. Right on. I love it. Yeah. And I've talked to you ad nauseum about it. I, I need to see it. I really do. But I, I, you're right. I think, I think Soylent Green was probably one of the first things brought into the pop culture of like cannibalism. But not in the sense of cannibalism. You didn't know it was cannibalism. Right. Like that was the big secret of that thing. Was that I think if I remember there was like... Other soylent products that were exactly. made from different things, but green was specifically. Yeah, it's just the whole idea. You've got this very technologically advanced society, but it's food shortages, and there's like that huge difference between the upper class and the lower class, and people aren't getting enough, and so they're making yeah. all these fake foods for people to survive on that the poor people can afford. Have you seen? Um, it's not a great movie. Uh, Cloud Atlas, that three-hour epic by the no, Wachowski sisters. No, and the thing is, there's been a few people who have seen it, and they feel like I would probably like it. It a pretty I'm, movie, they say. I it, hear it's pretty. Yeah, it is. It is. It is definitely pretty. I yeah. will agree with that statement. Now, I am not a fan so much of the Wachowski sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as I like to refer to them, the Sisters Wachowski. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't like know why that. I like to I like, I like to I do, do it that way. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan. I like the Matrix One. Mm-hmm. I could tolerate the Matrix Two. Matrix Three, I ain't got no idea. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, all that. What are the other um, ones that they've done? They, well, they did like Cloud Atlas. They did that terrible Jupiter Ascending. Oh, last which year. I did not see. <laughs> that it is so terrible. Just the casting alone. Oh, the, I'm oh it at is. It. I'm like, what? It is unwatchable, but if you are with a group of friends yes. and a bottle of wine or a six pack, that is a great night mm. because you're watching it and you're just kind of like going, like, what <laughs> is this? And then, like, oh, God, I can't even talk about it. But Eddie Redmayne, <laughs> who is Academy Award winning Eddie Redmayne. 
I feel like like he won the Oscar like a week, one week, and then this movie came out like two weeks later, and I felt like going the Academy, the the Academy, mm. the Academy, like on principle should take his Oscar Seriously? back. Be like we just we just saw it's, your other. We no, changed I'm our sorry. mind. No, we're gonna have to <laughs> Stephen that. Hawking's. No, 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 you, no. no. Um, he goes from like whispers to yells, but that movie, this weird. Now that I bring it, oh wow, okay, I just had a weird connection. Okay, because I was bringing up Cloud Atlas, yes. which has this weird, um, it's multiple stories of past lives coming together. It's beautifully written, weird. I actually, strangely, don't hate it. Um, but one of the side stories in the future is that there is a diner or like an eatery where, um, Everyone is half Asian or Asian in the future. Right. So kind of like a, a Serenity, you know. Yeah, and everyone's guys. very Asian influenced, yeah. and um, and they have all the white people with fake Asian eyes. It's oh, really offsetting because you're like, that's Hugo Weaving, but it's Asian Hugo Weaving. Oh. Hey, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, they have this the this one Asian character. I don't remember her name or specifically her plot, but she works in the diner. That's all she does. She gets up. She drinks this fluid. She works. She, you know, day in, day out, same thing. But, uh, and then they keep talking about, oh, someday I'll hit, I don't know, some point and I'll get to go about my business. I'll leave the diner. My work will be done. Right. You find out later what it is, is they're all clones and that they are recycled and the drink that she drinks every morning is actually the drink of her clones. Oh, wow. So, like... And it's this dark thing they fall down into. But that made me remember in Jupiter Ascending, the whole plot is kind of about um, stealing human essences or yeah. something to yeah. keep people young. So still using the human You're, for some sort of bio kind of product. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's they, the, they, the Sisters Wachowski love cannibalism. <laughs> well, they do. They also like talk about like the masses are fodder for people who are more powerful. That's and like a that's theme, a big you know? theme in all their movies. Yeah. As much as I don't really dig their movies, and now I'm thinking maybe I dig them and I don't think I did. <laughs> like I'm like, wow, they're actually deeper than I thought. Because <laughs> on the surface they're shit. Yeah, but yeah. when you really look deep, well, you're like, ah. Jupiter Ascending may also be deeper than the surface, may not be very good. But, you oh, know, God, it is, yeah. it is not. I'm telling you, Shame. you should totally watch it. I will. I, I will. It's on my list. I, I know people that are like, wouldn't it be cool to see Channing Tatum as an elf? And then you see him kind of like elf-like and you're like, no. <laughs> this you doesn't do work not, for me, no need to be in a fantasy movie, stick to what you do. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. That's, it's nice to see him in things, so sure. I suppose. That's fine. But it is a weird thing that, uh, that, as you pointed out, like as the you know the upper classes, the middle classes, the lower classes, and the society, especially now, where food is an issue, yeah. maybe not so much for certain classes in America, but outside of America, food is very much still Honestly, an issue. food is still an issue here. I mean, they look at, like, the whole idea of creating fake food for people to survive on. <laughs> that was, that was my drink, not a fart. <laughs> yes, <I swear. laughs> no, it's okay. It's <laughs> Can't edit that out. Keep going. No, no, I'll just keep on going. Just... The fact that it is cheaper for people to eat all of this fake food, like the McDonald's and everything else, that has like teeny tiniest percentage of nutritional value, but it's cheaper for them to eat that than to eat something that's actually healthy. And so that's what they're surviving. Poverty, <laughs> poverty in this country doesn't look like it looks like in other countries. Yeah, as I drink out of my Carl's Jr. cup. I know. Like. <laughs> and, and that's fine. As I'm drinking my, my second cup of coffee every day. It's <laughs> just like... But their burgers are good. Uh, no, I... Yes, you're right. I have... 
I only eat fast food when I'm out and about. It's not like I go home and right. think, I can't wait to have McDonald's for dinner. Right, right. But it's, there's a lot of people, that's all they can afford. Yes. You know? yeah. um, for me personally, I do cook every night. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy cooking. I try to make it, you know, the full, all the food groups or whatever. Right, right. And then I'll go to a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods and be like, well, Jesus Christ, no wonder. Yeah. yeah. I have to go back to like... Walmart or Albertsons because I can't afford the Whole Foods stuff because it's very expensive. expensive. So I can definitely see where in movies and literature where it does, the dichotomy starts to get separated where there's a really good episode of DS9 where they talk about where all the poor started getting put into essentially they're concentration camps right. but they didn't call them that of they were like resettlements not. or something and you're like yeah. oh every other buzzword other than to say like mm-hmm. concentration camp here we go a reservation yeah, yeah, yeah it's right, one of those yeah. you know Manzanar kind mm-hmm. of situation mm-hmm. and and then you know and then there was the the rich people outside those city walls that would be like oh well that's just all the criminal element and that wasn't the case when you started getting into the episode of course but we are not far from You're a lot so of stuff like that, that now yeah. where you could see in our future the class war happening and separation and walls and people who are undesirable. Ah, got it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, undesirable people, whether it be, you know, um, race, creed, color, sexual preference, uh, oh, just fat. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, whatever. just, you know... Oh, you're not something society needs to see. Also, we're putting you, know. you out away because whatever it is that we don't like, it's your fault. That Correct. You're that That's a big. You and know. it's always like a personal decision that you are this undesirable element. Yes, because all handicapped people were like, "Oh, I can't wait to be handicapped." Right. No, you, did, you, you must have done something stupid to be that way. So it's your yeah. own fault. You or, know? or the homeless, and then and that's when. You see in film and literature where it's easy to start picking off the undesirables because they won't be missed. And then thus they are thus mass marketed as a steak. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, well, the cattle pro- um, the cattle must just be booming this season. I know, seriously. And then you you're like, oh. That rib, you know? Yeah, and the next thing you know, you find out you're eating someone you might or may not know. You know, <laughs> and it's just kind of like, it, it's weird, especially right now, I think, with the political climate in America and the world in whole, but especially right now in America, it's... Look, everybody is sweating palms for the next like oh, ten months. You know, I know. I know. ten I just... months. Excuse me, it's November. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm in February. You'd in my like mind. it to believe we had ten more months. Not sure, yet. but it would not be feasible if, if for some reason there was suddenly a wall ghetto for poor people or undesirable people who then became food under the Trump administration. Yeah. <laughs> I could see happening. Oh, God. You know, I I try to listen to those TED Talks shows every once in a while, and some of them are pretty highbrow, right. you know, very hot. But uh, there was a guy who was talking about, like, class in America, and he's a very wealthy person. He's, you know, investments right. and stuff. But he's actually talking about how we have to do something about the relations between classes. We have to get rid of this gap. Because he says we're literally... Just we are years away, if at most, from them, the poor people coming after the rich people with pitchforks. He said, I'm not exaggerating. We're going to have, it's going to be violence and we're going to have to do something about it. It's a scary thought because I don't, and and we've seen it in many, many movies. And we've seen the outcome of it in mostly science fiction properties. And nothing is still ever done. Like, granted, it's 
fictional. And I get that. But isn't our fiction also a way to look at reality? Yeah. Like, so it's like you see these movies where, like, um, the only example I can come up where the the poor kind of take back, um, Dark Knight Rises. When all the poor, like, come out of the woodworks, you know, the people working for Bane or whatever. Granted, they're crazy because they're working for the bad guy. But the imagery of them pulling the rich people out of their home stuck with me in that movie more than anything else that happened in yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and it kind of the same thing is this, when when does it stop? And and I guess to go back to the the original topic in a weird way is... So let's say all the bad things happen. Yeah. Do they... I mean, obviously they don't tell us we're eating no. people. Though I almost get this idea that there were some people in the movie who knew. Oh, I'm sure people knew. I mean, the people who make it have to know. Well, I mean, well, the higher ups. I thought I mean, some of the people who might have been eating it because it gets to a point where it's like, ah, well, you know, at least it's food. I got to eat today. No. You know, yeah. um, have you seen Snowpiercer? No. Um, this is not going to spoil anything, right. but you should totally watch it because yeah. it's everything we're talking about nice. put on a train. Yeah. Uh, they are served this weird gelatinous cube of protein yeah. and the entire movie, you're convinced it's human. Like you're just yeah. sitting there going like, those are people. <laughs> That's like, you know, because there are children being taken at the beginning of the movie and you don't know why. And then, you know, as the as, as Chris Evans bombs around through the train, mm-hmm. you start to figure out things. Mm-hmm. It Spoiler alert, it's not people. Okay. But there is that until you are shown what it is they're eating, you are 100 per curious <laughs> because of movies like Soil and Green or, you know, any other futuristic property where food is people. Like, you're sitting, the whole movie, like, people are fighting over it and, like, and they show them coming warm out of the oven and, like, and they're like, oh, they're warm and they're licking it and eating it and I'm just sitting there going, like, oh, God. Oh, I hope it's not people. I hope it's and not it, people. And it wasn't, thank goodness, because the quantity that they were making would be... There wasn't that many people on the train. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> like my math teacher, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's um, not enough volume. But it is, yeah, there is the food shortage. And, and there have been situations in other countries where man is on the menu. Maybe not because they need it. Or I mean, not that they don't need it, but like... It's, um, like, it's a cultural thing. Correct. I mean, I'm, 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 I can't specifically say one place or another. No, because I'll probably be wrong. But correct. It's, it's something... <laughs> I know. That's what, I'm going to say a country, and I'm going to actually be a, a, a continent away from where I actually yeah. am. But yeah, that's one of the things I like about movies like Soylent Green. Even Serenity did that a little bit, too. And, and did in The Matrix as well, where... People have been like subsisting off of like something terrible, like protein packs right. or whatever, and you see them when they get like a real like Kaylee with um the strawberry in the very first Firefly episode. Correct. I'm, I'm trying to remember what happened. The uh, Shepherd book. He was coming on to the ship, and he gave her a little box full of stuff as sort of his payment for being on the ship. Right. So right. she was getting the food ready for the night. She opens it up, and it's these real strawberries. And you see her eat one, and you can tell she hasn't had like an honest to god piece of fruit uh-huh. in so long. So, and I think in Soylent Green, I can't remember if they were eating a steak or they were eating a salad, but two of them were sitting around a table, and you just see them just like take this very simple food. And eat it, and it was such a treat because it was real, honest to God food. Right. I like I like watching that. It's it's almost um, like the realization when you're a child, 
and let's say you have a, um, you touch a dead rabbit, not like a dead rabbit, but like the fur of a rabbit, like yeah. on a coat or like a, I don't know, ladies do like a muff or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you touch dead fur, fur it's, yeah, exactly. somehow. Yeah. Um, and you don't associate that until like you go home and then you pick up your pet rabbit. Right. And you're like, oh, this is the fe- same feeling and then there's like that sad realization that like, oh, animals are used for things that I don't want to think about. Yeah. You know, like I have a, um, my cousin's kid does not eat meat or like chicken. He's never liked it, yeah. which is a big dramatic thing every holiday. I'm but sure. like, and it's not because of anything one specific, but it, to me it would be, I feel like I just want to pull him aside and be like, look, if you just say... I'm 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 for the animals. They'll leave you alone. It's true. They really will. you know because then you have then you now have something to stand on. You do, yeah. Anybody who's a vegetarian, it must be really difficult because if you say you're a vegetarian, you have to have a reason. People want to know why you're a vegetarian, and it yeah. has to be something else other than I don't like the way meat tastes. Yeah, I'm not telling people they need to have a reason, but if you want people to stop bothering you, That's this exactly, is a good reason. It's, it's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. It really is because people I don't know people want to know an answer, but you know this. Kids in the inner cities who don't really—I mean, it seems really obvious to us. I mean, you have fried chicken in your mind; you visualize what a chicken looks like, and that's sure. where that came from. You have a steak; you visualize a cow. People in the inner city don't know where food comes from. It just—it's not a real thing because they're so removed from where the food is actually. Oh, you mean like they—they they don't see the cow? There's, I mean, they know it is a cow. Some of them do, some of them don't. Oh, okay, know? wow. Yeah, it's All like, right. you know, it's like beef is different from cow. So it's you have to be really, really, really in the inner city. But it's a, that's a thing that happens. And I'm sure in a lower class system, in, due to middle class versus upper class, it's always different. Oh, yeah. Like, I hate going. I've told you horror stories about it. I hate going to a restaurant where they're like, oh, this meat has been properly raised. But I don't care. <laughs> Like, I don't. Okay. Is it, bring me my burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, don't care. Don't tell me how yeah. it, you know, that it killed itself humanely and <laughs> it was depressed and it was suicide. And so it's really better off this way. And yeah. now you're making use of its carcass. Now, I don't need organic everything. No, I, I do. That's where it starts. It is. Organic people. <laughs> oh, no, it's true. It's fully organic, you know, raised free range. <laughs> well, what about, and um, I, again, I can't, because, you know, our. Or the the gist of our show is that everything's off the top of our head. So sometimes certain topics not, we're not pre- prepared for. But like, let's say we're in the future. Okay. And we mess. Let's say you and I are in the upper echelon, so we know that the lower class, or not even lower class, other than us, because we are in the upper echelon, yeah. are eating human. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. Because we're better. Yeah. But let's say, um, would you feel more comfortable with it? At least we were using all of the human being for stuff <laughs> instead of, like, you know, like the Native Americans. They didn't just kill to kill. Yeah. Hey, we killed this buffalo. Every part of this buffalo is going to be used yeah. because this is what we survive on. Yeah. So, like, do you feel better if we took, I don't know, Joe Schmo out of the slums and we used... All of him versus just his meat. Like, does that would that help you sleep better at night in your wonderful upper echelon <laughs> sleeping well, chamber? Okay. One in my life, I have never been an upper echelon anything. No, so it's hard is. to picture myself in this. But two, I don't think so because I think that's where it starts. People thinking like, 
we, you know, these poor people, they just hang around and are dirty and grungy and right. just clutter up the environment. We're putting them to some good use. I'm like, I don't think that would work for me. I would hope that wouldn't work for me. But, you know, you pile enough money on me and maybe I'd change. Maybe and I'd that, that is person. the that really, man, that, what it just comes down to is money. Like, at the end of the day, it's just, the richer you are, they don't even think of that stuff. Like, they, they don't live on the same planet yeah. As we do. Well, that I work for. I worked for an organization where the the higher ups were all very very conservative. Right. Um, which I'm not saying conservative is bad. I no, no, say no, that. no, 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 no. In this topic, we know what you're talking about. But there were some people who wondered, well, why do you keep working at that organization? I'm like, one, I do need to pay rent, and I like my coworkers at least. But two. I've never had a problem with my bosses having a completely different political view from me because I always assume anybody who's got that much more money than me is just not going to think the same way that I do. That's fair. Yeah. And and that's also a good way to look at things in life. Yeah. But No, I had a real rich boss for a while. And he was an idiot. Like, it was one of those things where just like, I don't know how. So they don't live on the same planet. As they don't. Like... Yeah. Like, in the break room, we would be all talking about, like, oh, we need to do this for, you know, such and such certain people's kids, or we have to save to do this, or we would like to do things, but because reality sets in, we will not. And then my boss would come to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, our drama this weekend was, you know, what color the trim of the house should be. Yeah, seriously. And you're just kind of like, the people I that's hired, not the same here. The people I hired to clean the boat just did a terribly slipshod job. You know, it was just awful. Ruined yeah. my entire You're like, week. oh, well, we don't have boats. Okay. And they kind of look like, oh, you don't have boats? No, not everybody has a boat. Yeah. And Kevin Smith, has he has a story that he told on his Evening with Kevin Smith um, DVD about meeting Prince. And in hindsight, after Prince passed away, and now before he's also talked about how he kind of regrets telling the story because it ruined his possible friendship with sure. Prince. But sure. he, he was saying, and I think is the best usage of rich people, is that, for example, Prince doesn't understand why at 3 a.m. he can't have a purple camel. Yeah. Because they don't live on the same reality yeah. that regular people live on where like you can't get a purple camel at 3 a.m no also camels don't come in purple you know it's stuff like that and i think a lot of a good science fiction movie or book or television series can really show the degree of class Mm -hmm. and then how far the class can fall when you know you start taking things for granted or like i was using the example when you justify it yeah yeah oh well we use the whole human so it's fine that's okay we also made paper and gasoline and you know other uh, things that we soily need right and also you know these people are eating would you want them to starve you know right. we're feeding them and so then they could feel good about themselves right you know we are giving them food and then i guess the, the real question is how far do you fall as a society or a person before eating someone becomes Either it's a, a, the norm, yeah. or or you know what what's and this and I'm not talking like um, this isn't like in a live situation where we're stuck on a mountain in the Andes freezing. No, that's... where it is that person's dead. I could be next yeah. life or death situation. I'm gonna eat my friend. Yeah, no, you know? no, and that's that's like evolution on a very quick scale. How yes. far would you <laughs> fall? Total different subject. No, no, but as a society, we do get to the same thing. I mean, correct, but there it's much quicker because yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Time is passing quickly. Right, right. But 
But are we the only animals in the animal kingdom that do not voluntarily eat our own species? That's I a mean, good, I, I mean, just, all animals will eat each other. Really yeah. I just found it the other day. So a friend that I used to work with, she would always bring leftover food home for her sister's chickens. Because apparently chickens will eat everything. Sure. And I was like, do you ever give them chicken? And she's like, chickens will eat chickens. Like if you... Well, they don't know any better. No, but apparently yeah. though, if you like have chickens that are laying eggs and you're collecting the eggs and you drop one and it breaks on the ground, the chickens will swarm it and eat it, like the egg right there. That's mm. really close to them. So, yeah, a lot of, I mean, I, I hear about that all the time. Like, apparently apes do it um, yeah. a lot. Well, they're, they're closer to us than anybody else. Well, was it you recently told me an, an anecdote that I thought was funny? Was it about dogs and cats? The dogs and cat okay. thing about, think, yeah. So, the idea is... People want to know because that's a thing that shows up all the time where you have, you know, you see it in movies and TV right. shows. Right, if you, you die know, alone, will your animal we'll eat, eat you? you. <laughs> and they, I can't say they did studies because you don't want to do this on yeah, purpose. Why would you do a study? Uh, <laughs> but they have gone into situations where it's happened and they've gotten all the facts and they found things out. So if you're, you're, you're home alone and you have your pets and you die and nobody knows you're dead, will your dog or your cat actually eat you? And the answer is, for a little while... They look at you as a person, and if there's any other food in the house, they're going to eat that food. But if there's nothing else left, there's a, there's a moment where it does tick over in their brain that you're not a people anymore, you're food. Right. The thing I always think is hilarious is that period of time, it happens faster for cats than dogs. Yes. <laughs> so cats and are very pragmatic yeah. about that. Well, mm-hmm. I yeah, find cats to be pragmatic about I was about to say, things. I have owned cats, and I absolutely, I, was, I always tell people I was sick one day, just at home, in bed. And I'm lying on my side, and I open my eyes, and my cat is right in front of me with her face in my face, and looks like she was going, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm fine! <laughs> Do you need any food? Let me get your food. Are you dead yet? Yes. I'm still breathing. Poke, poke, poke. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, I don't know how I'd feel about it. Like, let, let's say you're Charlton Heston, you're in that situation, and as we both have stated, we don't remember too much about the movie right at this point, because mm-hmm. it's been a long time. But... I remember there was a woman with a gorgeous afro. I remember that. Um, I'm sure there beautiful. was. Beautiful. <laughs> just beautiful. <laughs> and you find out this secret that you're not supposed to know. Right. But you've been eating it your whole life. Do you continue to eat it? Do you once you find out the dark secret, or do you just kind of go, "Oh God," yeah. you know, like it's I, it's, it's it a always weird, depends. You yeah, know? it's like where are your principles? You know, how how important is it to? So okay, so I saw something the other day. I don't personally eat at Chick Fil A. I don't. Have, I don't either. Yeah. Now I don't have any problem with people who work at Chick-fil-A. Uh, we had somebody, um, I can't remember his name, he used to work for the website for a little bit. He worked there. And it was really hard when people would come in and say hateful things about where he worked right. because they don't agree with Chick-fil-A's politics. I, I don't... Whatever. I have nothing against their politics. I mean, I don't like their politics. Yeah, exactly. But that's not why I don't eat there. I think they're just sh- shitty food. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's fine. Somebody- I'm like, when I want chicken, right. I ain't going to go to Chick-fil-A. Right. So somebody made this comment. I saw it on somebody else's Facebook wall. And they were sort of deriding people like that. And they're like, oh, well, you don't like Chick-fil-A's politics, so you won't, you know, eat their food. But our oil is coming from the Middle East, where apparently, you know, there's a lot of, like, anti-homosexual rules in the Middle East. Right, right. And they're like, but you're still buying gas for your car. And I'm like, okay, hang on. It's, that's quite a large jump. It is. Also, because <laughs> if Chick-fil-A was the only possible place I could get food... 
then I would probably have to ditch my principles and buy right. it there. But I can get a chicken sandwich any place, yeah. so I'm not going to support yeah, yeah, them. Right. Also, Gasoline yeah. all comes from the same place. Really? Granted, I have choices over to purchase. Exactly. You it's know? very true. But that's also why I try to ride a bike place yeah. and walk places. So I'm doing, but that's, that's where it comes to. Your principles go out the window when you're desperate. So no, and that's, that's, and that's your options are limited. And that's really kind of the, I think the situation at hand is, um, for any kind of science fiction property or today's society is that you have principles up until you become desperate yeah. and it's okay. I need these, my kids need to eat. I need to survive. I'll buy the soil and green exactly. versus well, whatever else. But also if, and I, I do remember this in the movie, but I mean, granted, I, I don't remember specifically where they just taking undesirables off the street, or was it also because I know people would they had suicide booths, correct? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is whole other situation. Oof. But I do remember that there was the people that were just like, well, I don't want to live anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll just go to this theater and watch the beautiful things, and then, and then I, I guess they're gassed. I, I don't remember I specifically. Remember? remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure a giant razor blade did not come out and cut <laughs> off their heads like in the turkey episode. Probably not. Um, but. And, and it was that there's... Um, I, I do want to say yeah. that it was the suicide booths, but it was also like people who were executed for crimes yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So any... Yeah. Anyone who's dead is basically fodder for the yeah, food. But yeah. but the suicide booth, that's always an interesting thing too because it's kind of... That to me is very futuristic. Like you don't see that right now, yeah. but people kill themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. But maybe... Well, maybe because we don't feel we need a booth. Like yeah. We as humans, we can just do it wherever we want We're not, to do it's, it. Yeah. It's not happening in numbers where we have to make it convenient. You know, that's, that's Ooh, that's weird. that's true. It is kind of a convenient thing, isn't it? Did you ever... All right, do you remember the movie Millennium? Uh, no. Uh, it's with the time travel one with the airplanes where they appear in airplanes and take people who are already going to die so they can take them to the future. It's a, it's not a great movie. Okay, I no, right I don't now. know this movie. Oh, you know, there's there's people in it that you'd recognize. I'm sure yeah. there would be. You're yeah. right. All right, and, and cool. Names that I should probably know, but I don't. I remember enjoying it in the '80s. I've seen it now. It's pretty dated. Okay, but it's based on a book, and the idea is, I don't know, humans as a whole genetically, they're just on their way out. You know, there's which, not which could happen. Sure, there's not going to be any more babies. You know, it was a slow thing, but they talk about this very far future world, and people are just offing themselves right and left because it's like there's no hope the human race is going to die so here's a place where you can do it convenient or you can jump you know in mass off of this one bridge and you know uh there's a thing called yoko takes a holiday where they would have mass suicide events of people who had been diagnosed with depression you know it's just yeah it's well i've heard of the suicide forest in japan yeah didn't they just make a movie about that yeah which i think kind of brought forth the 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 lore more it's in pop culture yeah Yeah. i think it was always kind of in the underlay of pop culture like Mm -hmm. a certain group knew about it but then there was a movie and then they just did a whole episode on criminal minds about it so it's like oh well now it's in the zeitgeist, everyone knows about the suicide forest in Japan. I mean, I hadn't even realized, it's awful, but, you know, there's certain bridges in America that are more popular than mm-hmm. jump off of. Coronado Bridge in our area is one. Sunshine Skyway, where I grew up, is another. Well, you know it's always a good sign when you roll up to a bridge and there's a sign yeah, that it, says, like, if you are suicidal, please call this a, number. Phone yeah. right here for you. Yeah. So at least they're trying to do it. But, yeah, no, it's, you get to people where they just... They don't have any reason to exist other than existing, so why do it? You know, and that's and that's the boredom of um, complaint, complacency in 
the futuristic properties yeah. is that 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 has always been one of the weird things that I've kind of like there's a dark side to Trek. As much as I mm. love Trek, there's a dark side to Trek to the extent of, you know, like Picard says in First Contact, we live in a society where mater- we are not driven by our drive to have material objects like money and stuff all is no longer there. And it always that's never been defined for me in a proper way. Yeah, like how does your society work? Exactly. I'm like, so if I just want a better apartment, do I just go into a building and say, I would like a better apartment? And they go, okay. I don't think you do. I I believe there still has to be, just because people in Starfleet are not paid, which is, I don't understand that. But So they're not paid. Because then I'm like, well, then who pays for your ship? Exactly. But... There are still people living in a society like we see in DS9, like Cisco's father owns a restaurant. I'm pretty sure he's not giving food away for free. I don't think he is, you know? And they, sometimes I wonder, maybe that is the dark side of Trek. Like, Jean-Luc Picard grew up fairly affluent, I believe, didn't he? You know, his, was, fam- his family the, owned the, the, vineyard. the vineyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe he's actually speaking from a remove you know maybe there's he thinks that people aren't driven towards material possessions but he probably never wanted for and that's humanity that doesn't mean if you go to like the klingon home world they're not driven by whatever the ferengi yeah very much material oh yeah yeah. but like if you were to take someone let's say from our time period and they always have that person who was frozen in stasis, and then they wake up 400 years later and they're thrust in the 24th century with all these new conveniences. And I'm sure for the first year, that's amazing. Yeah. But what happens when you don't have family, you don't have... I mean, Grant, you can make new family, new friends. I'm not saying that's not an impossibility. But what if you're one of those people that doesn't do that very well? So you have no job. Apparently, we're not getting paid. Yeah. And you have all these entertainment things at your fingertips, and you've done them all. Mm. I would find it very easy for someone from our generation or our timeline to get very bored in the Trek universe in the future. Mm-hmm. We're not as smart as all those other people. Yeah. I mean, they understand like calculus, like it's a first level thing, and I didn't even take calculus. You don't mean either. I got his you first trig. That was it. And so, as I always wondered about those people that. They find in like stasis cubes or pods or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go back and live my life." I'm like, "How? Yeah. How hard is it gonna be for you? You would probably be so bored and depressed that a suicide booth, which is probably an option in the mm-hmm. Trek world, would be something of normality." Well, then there's also the idea because Larry Niven did that in his books. I called them corpsicles. They were people who had, for whatever reason, frozen themselves. So they're in some kind of stasis, and they bring them out. Okay, let's assume they survive being brought out and everything. If they were the type of person who had put aside investments to support themselves, fine. But otherwise, they're a person who's been woken up with no family, no friends, yeah. no means of support, and society didn't want to take care of them anymore. So they basically got sold into slavery. So once again, it's just like, if you're here, you're going to have to make yourself useful. It's you know? like, it just sounds terrible. Yeah, but it's... It's people who are like, well, I don't like the situation the way it is now. I'm sure in the future it'll be better. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I'm sure it is for a certain group. Yes, yes. You know, um, and and again, not to go back to that DS9 episode where we saw the the slums, which were not technically slums. They were just people who were poor. Yeah, like they weren't like criminal. They were people who were you know, promised jobs, yeah. and those jobs never came through, and then they got shuffled into the system. Yeah. Um, that was only in 2024. Yeah. 
That is not far off from it's where we are. It's happening now. And, and it is so, like, I, I actually do not like to watch that episode. Because oh, I watch it and I'm like, well, 2024 does fall into the Trump administration. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, unfortunately. What is it, Flint, Michigan? I mean, you know, oh, the, the jobs. Oh, the water thing. Uh, oh, and the job thing. And the the job. water thing, I mean, yeah. that's, boy, poor Flint. You know, they were the subject of a movie years ago when the auto industry left. Mm-hmm. And people are like, there's this woman and she's actually trying to survive. She's like gutting and cleaning animals that people have hunted for and you know she she knows how to do that so she sells her services i will clean these and dress these animals right well she gets shut down because she's not like a legitimate like she doesn't have all the proper equipment she doesn't meet all the proper standards and that's just a man being a dick like there's there's no reason and that and next thing you know she's eating people yes because that's we are so not, you know. This topic started off kind of funny, yeah, and it got really, <laughs> kind of depressing. I've been just sort of like in a in a state for the past couple of weeks. Anyway, I'm like, what's happening in the world? I don't want to live on this planet, and I don't want to have to move to Canada because that would be inconvenient. It is. It, I always I, I've been sleeping well at night with the justification, at least knowing that Congress really has most of the power. I, I hope so. There, I read some article the other day about the Nixon administration, how they would threaten people who didn't, you know toe the line and that Trump is showing similar tendencies and I'm like oh what if he threatens all the good people to not being good anymore (laughs) it is it is weird that we kind of this year especially is gonna it's gonna show us (laughs) I think we're gonna see who we really are very soon it's making me very scared like like battle lines are being are being drawn and it's like you have to choose a side you have to be and you're being forced into a group or a, a community, and you're kind of like, but I don't need to be in a group no. or a community. I'm fine just being me. And yeah. they're like, no, because this is how it is now. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's frustrating. It really is. It really is. I mean, anybody who's ever gone through their life saying, oh, you know, I don't really deal with politics very much. It just isn't. I'm like, no, please get involved now. Please. I, you know, I started baking people. I'm just like, are you going to vote? And they're yeah. like, well, I haven't before. This is this the year is to start. Year. No, now you need to. And it's really easy. <laughs> I swear, the last time I had voted, somebody had said something like, oh, you know, because I just chatted with the, the poll workers. Like, oh, we always need volunteers. You come volunteer and everything. And I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe. And I'm like, I'm giving some serious thought to doing it. Because I want to be like, I want to be encouraging and be like, no, I'll be at the polls. Come vote. You know, it's it's important. It really is. But I, I think Soylent Green, which I'll now refer to as a documentary. Um <laughs> Which started us off on one topic that we kind of moved into class justification in the future. And the future is not too far off, unfortunately. And it's as technology advances, either we advance with it and become better, Mm -hmm. which is, I believe, the ultimate goal of why technology is supposed to help us. Star Trek did it right in that, you know. But we see all, but there's so many negative people that either, I know, honestly, I never understand why people are against the technology of the future. Like, now I make jokes that I think the internet is the worst and best thing to happen to society. And I still do fully believe in that. That's true. Because as great as it is to be able to order something offline and, you know, do whatever. Yeah. For every good website, there's like five other disgusting websites yes. underneath it. I get it. It's and also like you look at like, oh, you know, I talk to my family on the East Coast via Skype all the time. So mm-hmm. it connects people. It is also alienating us. And that was like last week's episode. Yeah, but, it, yeah. But, but at least that's better than eating people. 
Boy, I bet you could probably you could probably do a, a a train of thought like how talking to somebody over the internet and only projecting like the best side of yourself and no one ever sees the real you that could lead to cannibalism. I'm sure there's steps in there that you could go through. Oh, I'm sure there's a Criminal Minds episode where they do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure. Uh, you know, hell, twelve seasons. I'm sure someone. Oh no, there is an episode where someone sells body parts for food <laughs> on the internet because the dark web is a thing. You well, know, yeah, you know, waking up in a bathtub full of ice with your kidney missing. You know, oh Jesus, still a terrible horror story that they still tell teenagers, but it's a true thing. It could happen. That's the sad part. Is I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, that's one of those urban legends, and you're like. No. no, no, it's a true legend. It's just as urban as when it, where it happens. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like it's one of those things where okay, so if you allow yourself to be led off by a questionable person and drugged, maybe you won't wake up without your kidney, but maybe you'll wake up and something else bad would have happened. So it's okay. Yeah. Cautionary tales have their also purpose. don't take drinks from strangers. No, do you in really the future don't. Yes, in sci-fi movies or the present or the present day. <laughs> you know, keep track of where your drink has been. Uh that was kind of all over the place, but I feel where it ended up with is that we are afraid, and and the uh, line between eating a person and not eating a person is very thin. It's <laughs> so, a lot thinner than more comfortable. Which I don't think I knew until this afternoon. <laughs> I know. Like I, in my mind, I'm like, I'll never be in a situation where I'll eat somebody. <laughs> and then as we discuss, I'm just like, well, it's getting closer than we thought. I just said, well, you know, shit happens. Yeah, I know. Um, and that person's dead, and I'm not independent. Wealthy. No, no. I, we are not upper echelon we shit. So yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. Uh, would you eat a person mm. if you had to? I mean, not like. <laughs> not like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, like you go to Carl's Jr. and it's like the number fifteen is human. Um, but I do like the Carl's Jr. burger. So if they did spice it up, and I didn't know if it was cooked properly, is the thing. I hear human meat can be very tough. Here's here's okay. We'll end on this dark question. Yes. Do you think you've actually ever eaten human and didn't know it? Oh, I God, I hope not. I hope the worst I've ever eaten is like... A bug. Or kangaroos or something. Oh, a kangaroo. Wow, I that's heard that dark. Was, but that's the truth. I heard at one point there was a fast food company. Apparently they were putting kangaroo meat in with the rest of their meat to kind of fluff it out a bit. Well, like, they were, the, in Australia, the kangaroo was like a rat. Like, they're just... And they, they're grass eaters. Usually if it yeah. eats grass, it's safe to eat. If you're eating another meat eater is where you kind of want to I, I I can safely say I would like to think that I have not eaten human in I, my lifetime. I hope so. I, can, I, I feel yeah. that I have eaten rat and not known it. Probably. There's FDA regulations for how many bug parts are acceptable yeah, in food. I'm, you know? I'm, I'm 100% positive all that has happened. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think about it. No, no. That's But that's, that's, that's where the, we go. Yeah, that's the that's problem. The problem. Just, as long as you're not thinking about it, it's fine. So back to you, the listener. Mm-hmm. Um, would you eat, you know, human? Mm-hmm. Um, let us know. You can write us at Gmail uh, or, you know, at the other stuff. So we're all on the internets. Pixelgeek.com, Binary Systems Podcast, The Movie Issues Podcast, this podcast. Um, so that is Soylent Green slash Cannibalism Segregation. Dystopian Society. <laughs> yeah, dystopian Society. Have a very pleasant afternoon. Yes. <laughs> it's a weird one. All right, I'm Leland. This is Elizabeth. We will see you next week. Bye, guys. For something hopefully lighter. <laughs> <laughs>